0: Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. My guest today is the executive producer and host of the Hollywood Social Lounge and the morning show heard on ABC News Radio, KMET, 1490 AM. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Aaron M. Sanchez. Aaron, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, Quick question. What does the M stand for? Uh, Michael. Michael.
1: Yeah, it's it's important to have that because evidently there's another Aaron Sanchez and he's a chef and every now and then I get his band asking me like, what's the latest souffle or they went to his restaurant and it was closed. Why is he not there? So yeah, the Aaron Michael Sanchez is
0: very important. Ah, well, all right, all right, now we know, now you're the, now Aaron, it sounds more official, Aaron M. Sanchez, though. I guess so, yeah, it, it works. Well, you know, my
1: co-host, Kelly V. Dolan, we had a running gag, like, uh, you just have to have a middle initial to
0: actually be on the show, and so, do you have a middle initial? Um, no, I'm just a junior, but I don't really use junior at all. Oh, see, that's cool,
1: though, I've always wanted to be, like, a junior, like, ju- Junior reminds me of, but you probably don't like being called Junior.
0: Like, what was that? Um, in the Last Crusade of Indiana Jones, whenever. Oh yeah, junior. yeah, um, yeah. Sean Connery, Junior, Junior. I don't know. It just sounds so. <laughs> exactly. It sounds. It sounds like a baby. I don't know. I, I just don't like Junior. Like you know, I, I never really call myself Junior. Efrain Guzman Junior. I just don't like it. I don't know. Hey, maybe you embrace it so far I don't know, like uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Or a few other juniors that are successful Yeah, but, you see, but the key word They're successful juniors You don't want to be, you know, regular Joe Schmoe Jr. who's works at the corner bodega Or something like that, you know? Yeah, see, it works, it works <laughs> like, Michael Sanchez Everett Boss Jr. Boom! <laughs> well, let's see if that's going to catch seats Let's see if people are going to want to see us <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, speak right now, Efren, if you think he should be junior or no junior. There you go. Now the secret's out. Oh, great. Now i think then people are going to start calling me junior or the more sophisticated Jr. J-R. you know, that's a... That's, hey, you know. I don't know if they listen to this podcast or not, so <laughs> that's actually a good thing. <laughs> um, how, um, how did you get started in the whole entertainment and radio? How, how did it all begin for you? Oh, wow.
1: Um, actually, it started about eight years ago, and uh, I, I I come from sales and marketing, so I've been doing sales and marketing for a good, like, 15 years prior, and I just got to a point in my life, I'm like, well, what do I want to do for the next decade? And, uh, oddly enough, I had um, a car accident, which actually had you know, giving me some problems with my back and I had some later problems and so I met a chiropractor and the chiropractor's office happened to be in the same facility as the Academy of Radio and Television Broadcasting where they actually train people to be on the radio, you know, they give them the, the knowledge of how to do the time clock and and the um you know, the equipment, how to work with the equipment, how to have and run your own show. Uh, I saw that. I did a tour of that. I just walked in because I had a, a chiropractor appointment, and then I had that. And I said, well, let's go check it out. And after spending some time in there, I was like, wow, this would be kind of cool. I don't think I can ever be on radio, but maybe I could do like voiceovers. Mm-hmm. And so then I called uh, a family member, and which I had known for a long time that a lot of my um, family on my father's side were actually in the entertainment, but I figured I could get somebody to give me some advice somewhere down the line. And one thing led to another, and, and I started conducting interviews. And then my uncle, um, Jose Luis Sedano, uh, he loved to operate the camera. And he's like, Hey, you belong in front of the camera. I'm like, Really? And, and he believed in me. And then the rest was kind of history. We did red like, carpet interviews from there, and from there, then. Somebody saw our, our interviews on, on YouTube that we used to put all up, and, and then they invited me onto the radio, and I had a small little segment, and they said, do you want to produce? And then I produced a, a, an hour show, at that time it was
0: live with Darren and Kelly, and then really kind of the rest is history. Wow, so, history. <laughs> so it's sort of like, sort of kind of came by accident, or, you know, like with the whole situation with your back, like it sort of like led you to this path?
1: Yeah, it's one of those, you know, people go, did you always want to be on radio? And the answer is I, I really never even thought about it. One time, about maybe 15 years ago, I remember training a recruiter. I was a recruiter at a time for employment. I trained a recruiter, and I remember, hey, you have a voice for radio.
0: And I thought, okay, that's silly and funny at the same time, but that was <laughs> never a
1: thought of mine, you know. It's not like, oh, I want to be on radio. I like people on radio. I love it, but... I never thought I had that ability. I, I was always—I think you—you you mentioned off air, you know—that you like acting and, and things like of that sort. And I was the same thing. I was in theater in high school, but I never
0: pursued acting because I just didn't think it was ever attainable. Mm-hmm. I had no one to
1: reference, you yeah. know,
0: in yeah. with, and so I just
1: never went that route. But later on, when you know, interviewing—I I, can even interviewing people was like. it wasn't something that I was setting out to do, but opportunities kept coming my way. I mean, how many people get like somebody saying, hey, I've got a camera, I'll follow you around wherever you go. How do you say no to that? So I said, sure, why not? You know, and and I just I kind of live the rest of my life in that way until I have a very deliberate path of the route I want to take. But honestly, I, I have to say things just pointed me in that
0: direction
1: and, and i took it and I, I seized that
0: opportunity when it came you know but it takes a lot of balls to do that especially having a camera in your face and talking to like random strangers you don't know so you had to have some kind of confidence you know At you know as a guy as a man and you know being in school and everything was you always like a confident guy
1: uh yes and no to be very, very blunt uh Yes, I was confident, like, on stage. Um, I was confident, you know, whenever I was acting. Um, But I have to say that I have a lot of, like, insecurities, you know, off stage. You know, so I I think it's, uh, like, it's hard to explain, but I remember seeing a report of Johnny Carson. And Johnny Carson, uh, as those that knew him, knew that he was actually a very shy um, entertainer. But you would never know because he had younger, he learned to be a magician and he learned to be a magician to get himself out of, you know, being shy. But whenever he was in control of the situation, he always had the ability to um, shine, right? To seem like he had lots of confidence. You would look at Charlie Carson and say, that man is confident, but around other people, he was a very shy and, and timid person. Uh, at least that's the reports I saw, and I, and I can understand that because you know when when there are situations that I find myself in that I'm I, I'm a little bit more confident when I'm on air than when I'm not, and it's the strangest thing to voice, but um, but I kind of understand it. So I don't
0: know if that answers your question. No, it does. Um, you know, I guess since you do it every day, you feel more comfortable talking to I guess the the people than you do without. You know, having a microphone in your face or having a camera in your face, right? That like you feel more confident being on the radio because it's it's your home, it's it's you, it's 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 everything that you do for a living. Yeah. I, well, you know what I do is I, I don't. I, okay, what I think
1: diminishes. I, I think what you're referring to is I'm
0: not nervous, right? Yes. 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 Because there's always, like, whenever
1: you perform, and you know this as, as, as an actor, when you've acted, you know, there's always that when you go on in a performance, you have those butterflies in your stomach, you have that that anticipation, you know, and that energy, that nervous energy that you can then throw into
0: your craft and into your work. Mm-hmm. Well, in interviewing, there are times when you can tell I
1: get a bit nervous, and it's usually depending on who I'm interviewing, right? It's that whole, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm interviewing this person. And that type of nervousness is different than conducting the interview. Once you get into it, and once you get into, look, this is another person, another human being, and you're sharing um, stories, or you're interviewing them. You're trying, you know, you want them to shine, you want them to look good, and by so doing, of course, you're going
0: to make them feel comfortable. That's how I think of it. Mm-hmm. I
1: transition from one person to the next. And at the end of the day, that's all I'm having a lot of conversation
0: on air, both on the red carpet and off the red carpet. Mm. How has um, radio changed your life and what is so special about the craft to you?
1: How has it changed my life? Well, it's changed my life in that, you know, if you would have talked to me about 10 years ago, Um, I was in a very dark place in my life. It was very dark. I had just, you know, I had a marriage of eight years that had ended, and uh, I just didn't see life continuing. I didn't see a a life after a divorce, you know. And um, I have to say, being in the entertainment and getting on radio and kind of going back to what I enjoy and what I love, it's helped me become the person I am in the interactions, the many amazing people that I've had a chance to meet, Um, the personalities and the stories and, you know, hearing other people's stories and, you know, being in this industry, I will say you meet a lot of people that overcome barriers and overcome challenges that are inspiring and you go, wow, what, what was it that you had that you know, when did you have all the naysayers tell you you couldn't, and how did you tell them that you could And more importantly, how to believe you could? And there's lessons that I've learned from each of those interviews that I've applied to my own life. So now I feel at least that I'm in a better place in life. I enjoy life. I look forward to the days ahead. Um, and, I, you know, I, I look forward to a future that... Honestly, 10 years ago, I, I, I could not have ever thought I'd have the interactions that I have now. And so in that way, uh, I, I feel like radio and the opportunity radio or, or even, you know, uh, online interviews or TV interviews allow me to be in front of people that are, are really amazing and um, uh, with amazing stories and inspirational stories, too, at that.
0: Um, you saying, you were saying that you got divorced, um, at that time when you were still married, um, did you even had an inkling of getting into this field or after the divorce is when you were more, you know, driven to get into this field? Uh, actually, no, I, I, well, sorry, let me back up.
1: When I was, when I got divorced when I was married, I always enjoyed the acting part of it, but I never pursued it. And okay. honestly, even when I was divorced. I never thought, oh, I want to go into acting. I actually did not think that at all, okay. uh, or that I want to get into entertainment. Um, it, it It's one of those situations where it was a couple of years later when I came across that academy of, of radio and television, I started thinking about it when I thought, well, what do I want to do with the next decade of my life? I thought, well, I could do voiceovers. I could do something that I love, because I always love making voices and creating voices and... You know, cartoon characters and the and the life. So I thought, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um. So it was kind of like a little seed that was always there. hmm But but I never watered it, and then when I finally watered it, then it started to sprout. And as that ended up sprouting, opportunities. I mean, along. To me,
0: to continue watering that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, the opportunities you were given. Um, what was your like first step into where you're at now? Like, what was your first gig in the in the field? Um, uh,
1: first, okay. Well, it, it kind of goes back to you know, I, I, I was doing uh, interviews. I was actually offered. To do interviews for a nonprofit, and
0: we were doing webcasting at that time. It was just at the beginning of YouTube. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was like just around that
1: time. But we were doing webcasting even like way before live stream, way before stream. <laughs> wow. It was for an educational nonprofit called Latino Graduate, and they had asked me, you know, what what type of interviews would you like to do. Um, because we're looking, you know, for someone to do interviews, they were doing educational interviews to motivate Latinos to go to college, and I'm like, well, I think entertainment interviews would be interesting, but people that, you know, had a college degree, and either they pursued that, or they had that, or, you know, there's some type of tie-in that that young ones are going to want to look at, and you can always be like, what's your message about education? So that was the start of it, and then that's where I met my uncle Jose Luis Sedano, and he had the camera and he said well you belong in front of it and I'm like well will you follow me? He's like I'll follow you wherever. I'm like okay. And I remember at that point uh, we had done I wanted to enter a Ryan Seacrest challenge you know you, you've seen that challenge where he, he has it for like an e-online uh, entertainment for if, if, if you want to be a host on the red carpet you send in your tape.
0: Yeah yeah. Yeah So, so we like Kind of put something
1: together like that. It didn't go anywhere, but, but but my wanting to do that actually put us on the red carpet of a Lifetime Movie Network red carpet. And we—I forgot how we got invited. I'm not sure if it was the release got us on or if we just reached out. But we covered that one. Then somebody from WWE, the network, saw us and said, "Hey, we have an event in Venice Beach. Come check out the WWE.
0: Interview the wrestlers." And are were like, well, okay, cool. And then we did that, and I used that for some of the demo reel. Mm-hmm. But I have
1: to say, that was kind of like the first uh, exposure to red carpet interviews that got me on and interviewing. And then we just kept getting invited and kept getting, um, you know, uh, put out our information for other interviews. And, you know, you meet the publicists and you meet other people, and, and you network a lot. And then one step just leads to the next step. And those red carpet interviews ultimately led to, um, you know, the radio gig, you know, which he saw it on YouTube because I put it up on YouTube. So that's
0: kind of how that happened. How was it like talking with some of the wrestlers? Do you remember which wrestlers you spoke with?
1: I do, actually. Uh, One of them, uh, Johnny Nitro, which is funny because I know Johnny Nitro now even better, but one of my first interviews was with Johnny Nitro. Uh, Lots well, of time he was Nitro. Later on, I think he renamed. Oh, what was his
0: name? Um, now, I think now he goes by Johnny Mundo. He's in Lucha Underground now. Yeah, well, I,
1: I forget. I forget which. Right, well, he actually. I think he retired from the WWE recently because yeah. he's doing uh, action films now. Yeah. But. Uh, he was one of my first, and I remember thinking, "Man, this guy is so full of stuff." But I didn't realize at the time, you know, it was just a character because I was butting people but really,
0: you know, <laughs> but it's their character. And yeah, I interviewed him and, and
1: a few others, which later on, you know, I got again, but like in a very um, personal setting, uh, and I saw them as, as who they were, you know, like the off. off off-stage presence, and you're like, oh, these are pretty cool people, you know? So, um, yeah, he was one of my first, and I reminded him that there's a video of, it's still on YouTube, of me interviewing him at one of my first interviews, at least, like, and I was so new to that. I had no idea what to ask or what to do, but I just went with it, you know? You, you, just, you just go with it, you go wherever you know, it, it the path
0: takes you where whenever people invite you to say, sure, why not? And and move on, you know? No, oh, what is it under on YouTube if people wanted to see it? Just Aaron Sanchez interviews Johnny Nitro? Yeah, I think you could put that in, yeah. Uh, Johnny Nitro and then that was with uh, the Miz. It was also or you know, could type in the Mid. That was when him and the Mid Yeah Or like together. And it was hilarious
1: in that in that scene. And he actually uh, you know see Chris but they I said I was gonna send it to them, but uh, I think I missed off the cutoff date, so I'm not sure if Ryan Secret Servers wants or uh but yeah, there it
0: is. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um um talking to you now, your personality is very very uppity you know, you're very up and you're very like positive. Um, how would you describe yourself if somebody asks? asked?
1: Like, uh, hmm. Um, how do I describe myself? Uh, you know, I, I
0: think I would go with what you just said up to the positive. <laughs> you know, and it's, it, it,
1: it's funny, it's funny hearing that, hearing you say that because, um, you know, I do try to inspire whatever we do, whatever show we do, whether it be Hollywood or entertainment or the morning show. Uh, or even another show that I produced called Two Men in Your Business, it's always, that's always a theme because I know what it was like to not be that way. I know what it was like to be um, pessimistic and negative, and like I said, you know, I, I come from a background uh, which things weren't always going good, you know, and I kinda hit a dark part of my life, so I had to pick myself up from that and learn the tools that it takes to be positive, because it's a choice. You know, it's not something that just happens because your life is great. Your life can be terrible, but it's a choice to look at things in a positive way. And knowing how dark and deep I had hit, I know that others hit that as well, and and I never want people to think that there is no way out, you know, a very, dark part of my time, and I'm very open about it, but in that time 10 years ago, you know, I I, I wanted to end my life, you know, I was very close to doing so, and um, one of the things that I told myself at that time, the one thought, the only thought that kept me from doing so, was what if this is not all there is, what if there's more to life than what you think there is, mm-hmm. and... That's what I try to inspire anybody, whoever, you know, we all, some of us have darker moments than others, but that moment can pass, and you can choose to make that path, and I, I think I'm thankful to surround myself with very positive people, and people that are forward thinkers and, and motivators, and uh, you know, you interviewed Crystal Santos, you know, she's my cousin, but also like a sister to me. And, you know, very positive and inspires me to be positive. And I have other people that I've worked with uh, as well that I can name, but, you know, the time just just gets away from us that all have made me who I am today in being that positive person and and being, you know, as you put it, kind of uppity, you know, (laughs) uplifting, I
0: hope. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't mean it like uppity, you know, but you know what I meant. (laughs)
1: Yeah, let's not
0: spread that rumor, but yeah, I so. um also how is it like being a, a latino in the industry
1: um you know what? okay so I, I know the i know the answer i would hear like if i ask that question of latinos because i do ask it yeah um but i will say this i never have concerned myself with that because my background honestly like i i've Never, I, I think, and I know I'm going to get some people disagree with me on this because it's their what they call their reality. Being Latino has always been like a plus for me. Now, I do understand it's a different environment that we live in right now because a lot of barriers have already been broken. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Like, to yeah. uh, there's a lot that I'm sure other, that I know, I actually know other Latinos that have had a very hard time uh, being in the industry. Um, I have just not come across that, probably because I choose to not see it. I've, I've And I've seen that you know opportunities that have come to me have been uh, those that aren't Latinos necessarily. So it's not like Latinos are helping Latinos necessarily, I'm it, but I don't ever close myself off from any, nation, any ethnic race, so I, I guess, I don't, I have not seen it, I've seen it in people's stories, but it's never been a limiting, I think it's a limiting belief to say, what I know is the norm, oh, it's difficult for Latinos, and you know, we don't get our access, well, then you create your own, create your own opportunities, you know, in some instances, I, did, I wasn't always handed things, but I made it a point to create things, um, either for myself or for those around me, whether it was just something that we were testing out and then maybe a network picked us up and they wanted to use some of our content, but uh, I, I don't, I I can't say, I oh, being a Latino, it's, it's terrible, in this, You because know, it's not like I, I especially now, there's, such a need to see more Latinos so it's an opportunity so maybe I came in just at the right time and I didn't get jaded by all that of all the stories that I hear but I, I don't know
0: if it makes any sense but no I hear you because you know a lot of uh, you know sometimes people use that as a clutch like oh I didn't get my break because I'm Latino or you know Hollywood is this and that or opportunities are not really given because we're not this and that but um, I, like you just said, like you just sometimes you have to go out there and create it, and usually things like that won't happen overnight. It's not gonna happen the next day, but it, you know, it, it takes time. You know, it takes time. You know, it took. <laughs> right? You agree? I, I like, I like the way you. Yeah, you know, I like what you just said. And in some ways, it is a crush. It's kind of like you know. Um, well, I didn't do it
1: because, or I didn't get that opportunity because. You know, uh, I think because um, I'm this age or I'm, I'm too old or I'm not young enough. Or I, c- I can have a million reasons why I didn't do this or that or they didn't select me. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going to take one. There isn't great criticism because uh, those that do have a choice in decision-making places don't go by that. I'm not going to say that. There's only two sides to a point. But... If I let that belief system just wear me down and I can't be rated on that, then I would never look for opportunities or create opportunities that would go against that. You know, when it comes to breaking barriers, like I I recently interviewed Cynthia Rothrock and she was one of the very first, literally the first international woman action star, like that led the whole full movie, right? And you know, in talking to her, I had asked, had she known that it was a big hurdle at the time, you know, that no other woman action star had been, um, uh, especially martial artists, you know, had in a movie like that. And she really said she, she kind of did it, you know. She just did her thing, and, and, you know, she comes to find out later that, you know, she was one of the first. And, and I think sometimes that belief system or almost that ignorance of not knowing what the barrier is you can push through that because sometimes the barriers are our limits and we create limits for ourselves or we let other people limit us with their belief system, right?
0: Mm -hmm. So I I, I say, you know, in some ways I've chosen to
1: not believe the limits that other people put on themselves and I, I try not to put limits on other people and I try not to put limits on myself. I just do what I know to do.
0: And you go from there. Yeah. It's really, so you don't make you know, you know, you, there's no clutch to you basically. You know, you you know, everything was done, you done on your own merits and you know, there's no color, you know, it's, it's just you know it's just hard work and dedication and doing what you want to do.
1: Yeah, or vice versa. If I don't get something or if I don't make it, maybe I didn't put in the time or I didn't put in the work or I didn't put in the effort. You know, I have to take ownership of that I sometimes Uh, People don't, you know, they they do things halfway, and if you do it halfway, then you can expect a halfway result. But if you do the best you can, uh, you know, how many times have we interviewed actors that, you know, they go on 200 uh, uh, auditions and they get 199 no's, but that last one, yes, but more importantly, they're good at what they do. They didn't get the job necessarily just because, it wasn't a hundred time, It's because they they perfected the craft. They know what they're doing, uh, and and they excel because they're good at what they do. Athletes are no different. Sports are no different. Um, people that excel in life do the best that they can do with what they're given. And if you continue to do that, I think opportunities just happen to continue opening up. You know, and if you're a good person, and even if you're not a good person, you know, opportunities will come to you. If you put your energy
0: there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, being involved in the radio show. Um, basically, what is you know f- for people who who haven't heard the radio show, what um what is the whole concept of everything that you guys do?
1: Well, the Hollywood Special Lounge is an entertainment uh, variety show. So we'll have interviews with actors, producers, filmmakers some red carpet coverage that we're invited to to cover and entertainment. So everything entertainment, uh, musicians uh, will, will sometimes have on with, you know, special release songs and, and uh, you know, it, it's everything entertainment. Uh, so that's the Hollywood Social Lounge. And that's that's the, really what I call, you know, the fun red carpet celebrity one. Um, and then... The other one is the morning show, which is heard daily on ABC uh, News Radio KMUT, and that is with my co-hosts, uh, Mia Mocha and Brett Malik. And, you know, that's everything. We cover authors and inspirational people and transformational people, and then, you know, local events, local coverage, uh, and, and it's just, you know, everything upbeat. Um, so I, I try to keep things not so dismal, although every now and then we have to cover that because. You know, it's a local topic, but uh, but we try to keep it encouraging, uh, entertaining,
0: and fun. You
1: know, that's that's what we try to do. So, yeah, with the two shows.
0: Yeah, so you have definitely you always have a good time, and um, it, going into work is like, you know, there's people who hate going to their jobs. You love it, right? This is your passion. This is what you do.
1: I mean, there are times when it's stressful, you know, in the sense of like, oh, we need to do this or that. I mean, there's elements of it that, you know, just like anything, you put a lot of work into it, a lot of preparation, um, a lot of pre production, and then even post production and, you know, getting the clips and the interviews. There's a lot of work involved, but I learned, and I want to say about three years that I would get really. You know, because I want everything to be perfect, right? You go in thinking you want everything to be perfect, and I remember, and I think it was my co-host, Kelly Dolan, and she said, just have fun with it, you know, have fun. And I always take that mental thought, and I have to sometimes tell myself, because, you know, when when you produce a show, and you're thinking of all the mechanics, you're, you're thinking of the camera, you're thinking of lighting, you're thinking of everything behind the scenes and in front, it gets a little overwhelming and so right before I go on I tell myself you know what just enjoy the rest
0: <laughs> and after this,
1: whatever happens <laughs> just have fun with it because that's the fun part of it you know and then you go back to the mechanics of it that's okay you know the work of it but uh, I, I sometimes have to tell myself hey now enjoy this moment you know enjoy this now enjoy whoever, whatever happens happens and just have fun in the now and, uh,
0: and then and then I do my thing. Yeah. What was your best interviews and what was your worst interviews? Did you say what was
1: my best and the worst? Yep. Um. Okay, my let's see. Uh. Okay, let's see. Let me think. My best interview. Um. God, that's that's a difficult. Well, I I will base it on on the admiration of the one that was partially interviewed, and this was a long time ago, but it was a very memorable one, when we were at a Wizard World, this was about five years ago, and I interviewed Mickey Rooney, you know, I mean, who had... wow. Mickey Rooney, you know, with you know, Garland and, you know, all of the greats of cinema, right? Really? And he was doing autographs, and, and I interviewed him and his uh, wife at the time, Jan Rooney, and uh, after the interview, Jan actually asked for a copy of it because she said that you know, she just loved the interview and it was so endearing. And so I will base it on that. You know, I can't say what the rest of the interview was, um, but I just basically, you know, somebody says they will do it. You know, imagine it must have been one where I was, like, what I call twitter painted you know, where you're like, you don't know what to ask next
0: because you're just so enamored by the person that's in front of you. Wow.
1: Um, yeah, I, I think one of them that I remember being so
0: nervous on was Olivia Wilde. Wow. And at that time, Tron had not come out
1: just yet mentioned *Prom* that trauma was, you know, being made and she was in it. Yeah. And already, I mean, you know, Olivia Wilde, she's got the piercing eyes. And
0: yeah. The, the beautiful demeanor, plus she's witty and smart and fun
1: at the same time. And I remember thinking, I cannot believe I'm interviewing Olivia <laughs> Wilde. And I think it comes across on the interview because I, I, I was a little.
0: <laughs> he was a little uh-oh. struck. <laughs> Yeah, there were some questions I'm sure I could
1: have asked if I weren't so used to hold backwards with that. But it's funny, that's like in the early part of my career, that must have about four or five years ago. Now that we do interviews daily, it's kind of, they kind of all start to mesh together. It's, it's kind of hard to pick out. I'm sure I've had other worst
0: ones. I'm sure Kelly could tell you, and Mia could tell you, and Brett could tell you, but yeah. those are the two that come to my mind. How was your chemistry with Kelly Dolan?
1: Oh, it's great. You know, Kelly and I go back. Um, I want to say like five years, six years. Uh, when I met her on X, it's so funny. My whole life is like documented on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I actually met her on the red carpet of of an event. It was a uh, fashion show event. I remember it was a winter fashion show event, and she was being interviewed. But what I didn't know until I, I researched her was, her and I had crossed paths like. At the very beginning of my career when I was helping somebody else do red carpet interviews they were they were doing red carpet interviews and she I remember her being there because I saw her footage and I said oh my god we were at the same red carpet event and that was for the city of hope it was a uh, blood drive uh thing but I had never interacted with her I just remember looking at her from afar and and just thinking okay like she what she does pretty well um but when we met on the red carpet, she had said that she was being capped for another show doing interviews, and she was hopeful that she would get it. And I kid you not, I actually said on, on the interview, I said, well then, you're gonna need me to get it picked up. And she said that I cursed her from that moment on, and therefore we've worked together <laughs> ever since. But she, she's great, cause she's the, I, call, I always say she's kind of the, the yin to my yang, whereas I'm serious, she's fun and hearted. And, you know, uh, she's, she's just great to bounce off of. And, and, we've you
0: know, we have a fun time working together. Uh, so you guys are like osmosis, right? You guys are just gel, like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which she is, the jelly or the peanut
1: butter. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I would say she's got to be the jelly, you
0: know,
1: because, you know, she's sweet and amazing at the same time and just a lot of fun. She really has, is another, you know, I talk about those that are that are important to my life and those that have pushed me past, you know, certain um, thought patterns and certain criticisms of even myself. And she's always taught me to have fun, you know, have fun and enjoy it and just, you know, sometimes even be a goof and just let loose. Uh, there are moments for that, that's do you know, but she definitely
0: pushed me uh, in that way, so I, I thank her for that. Oh. Is there any inside scoop that that you know of that you could tell me or tell um, the people out there? There's anything, rumors or any anything related to like any movies or anything like that that you're you're hearing? Oh, you anything I like- can't.
1: I'm not supposed to talk about, but yeah, I to
0: know? Yeah, things that you're not supposed to talk about, but you want, you could say uh, something. That, that's a fine line,
1: because I'll tell you this, you know, the reason I've gotten as far as I've gotten as well is because, you know, with actors and celebrities, um, when they tell you it's off the record or they don't want it, like, I, I make sure to keep that off. So I'm never that person to divulge anything. What I can say is, uh, which is kind of already known, but, you know, like, Godzilla too. look out for that, we have a friend, TJ Storm, he plays, he actually did the motion capture for Godzilla in the first one, and, uh, Godzilla too. but that's kind of, like, news a 30 now, um, yeah, I don't really do gossip, but I don't do rumors, because, you know, I gotta see these people at the end of the day, so, mm-hmm. I'm not that person. I remember, (laughs) it's so funny, I remember, you took me back to an early memory uh, when uh, there was a magazine that wanted me to be a gossip columnist, and and I told them I just can't do it because um, I just didn't want to be known as that person. There are things that I know, but, you know, you, you have to respect why there's information not out. Like, there's some juicy information, but,
0: I just can't give it. I'm just not that person. I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm no, no, no. Sorry. No, no. um, no, um, I, I, I knew about T.J. Storm. I had him on the show, and he talked about him doing Godzilla and Colossus and all that. But um, at least, at least, yeah. I know that he's doing Godzilla two. I think it's gonna be Godzilla two, and then Godzilla versus King Kong. I think you know. I think it's like a yep. t- two picture thing. So that's pretty cool, though. I'm, I'm definitely happy for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and he's an amazing guy, and you, you come to think of it, like, he's the one that I met early on in my career, and for some reason, we just kept, like, bumping into each other over and over and over again, and uh, he's another very inspirational, uh, you know, man, which, you know, I mean, he learned martial arts early in life, but, you know, his mom got him to learn that because, you know, they he had ADHD, and it helped him focus, and for, for example, why I tell others, you know, don't always resort to drugs when sometimes you can, you know, resort to something that, you know, can get somebody's energy very focused and look at him now, you know, such success and um, involved in so many really cool projects and it's like, it makes you want to just, you know, be a fly on the wall
0: with what he involves himself with, but like he's a really good guy and, you know, I'm a good friend, you know? Yeah. Um, what is your own personal motto in life, Aaron?
1: Um, I have a few, uh, you know, I, I have one somebody told me recently, because I've, I've always said, um, sure, why not? You know, it's it, whenever opportunity comes and sometimes it seems kind of big or monumental or, you know, I feel like, oh, I, I, I don't have the training for that, but I, I just have to say, sure, why not? Like, be open to opportunities that come your way, right? Easier said than done. Because sometimes we turn away opportunities that come our way because we think we're not qualified, or we think you know we're being given something that we can't handle. But you know, God and the universe gives us things that we can handle. Um, so you know, I, I, I say, sure, why not? You know, kind of use that. And and the other thing that I think I I have learned to um, live by is. No matter what the situation is, it's a little temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, success as well as failure, each in its own, is temporary. So some can be very successful and then all of a sudden not successful, uh, but get through it because it's temporary. You know, those that are fa- have failed at things, I've learned a lot of those failures are sometimes the stepping stones to success. Without those failures, there would not be the learning. Um steps that you needed to take to become successful, whatever you're setting out to do.
0: Uh,
1: so yeah, those, those are my two things. Sure why not? And everything is
0: temporary. You no. Know, um, what would you do if you couldn't be involved in the entertainment field? Is there did you have a plan B? Oh
1: uh, I see. Honestly, entertainment was plan B. E. <laughs> my, yeah. my, my plan A was, you know, be married, uh, uh, have, you know, begin. I was doing sales at the time, so I, I thought I'd be a, just a, a salesperson yeah. for the rest of my life. Um, you know, I, didn't, I always thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but I never quite saw entrepreneurship until later on when I started taking, you know, chances with my career, with entertainment. I will say I always had which some have given me a little bit of grief, but I, I say it kind of has motivated me. I've had little three-month, six-month goals, which I think is why opportunities came very quick because I'd always put things in such a way that I did not want to do this if it was just, if it
0: wasn't going to get to the next level. Does that make sense? Like, I, like, yeah. I, 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 want, I don't want
1: to be at a putt. If I'm not, succeeding and becoming successful at things that we're doing then it's like well what for what is it for so i would be willing to go back to plan a which was you know recruiting or or sales but um uh, i've I, this is where i say you know preparation and being blessed i realize i've been blessed because opportunities have come and uh, and goals have been met and i've been able to achieve them but again not from my own volition, but from those I surround myself with and those that um, that we press for, you know, with. I, I always say the, the people you surround yourself with either make you or break you. And um, it's very important to associate with those of good character, of good will, of good vision, of good motivation, of good drive. But if you associate with the latter,
0: then where do you expect to be in
1: life?
0: Mhm. That's so true. Oh. Mhm. Oh my gosh. Also, um, what are your favorite foods and music and clothes? My favorite, well, my favorite foods are all the foods I can't have because I'm, <laughs> I'm less intolerant. So anything dairy, oh, like I love, like enchiladas. I love enchiladas. Um, okay,
1: <laughs> you know. Because I would tell you,
0: we love tacos, you know, kind
1: yeah. of other tacos, uh, uh, you know, any, anything. Um, God, flan, love flan.
0: Oh, man. But again, I can't have it. <laughs> you know, so, I love flan, too. Uh, yeah, and as far as clothes, I'm not really a clothes connoisseur. I actually have to ask for advice for clothes. Oh, for real? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, you know, ask me to dress a woman, and I think, I I don't know, you're right, like, we know how we want women dressed, right? Like, I can dress a woman easy, but myself, it takes a little bit of, I need advice. I'm not going to lie, I need advice.
0: Uh, What about music? Any particular music that you like? Oh, man,
1: uh, the 80s, I love anything 80s, and, and, uh, you know, the 90s, obviously, but, um... Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, I listen to more talk radio than I do music now. It's really weird. I, I, you know, when I'm in the car, I my first thought is to go to music, but then I'm like, no, I need, I need to analyze and see how other talk radio hosts do it because I'm still learning, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, I, oddly enough, I love music, but uh, as of recently, I couldn't tell you all the
0: big... Songs, uh, because I, I, I'm trying to understand plot radio you know gotcha gotcha and um, it do it, it. um what are your fans like what are my what what are your fans like like oh your they're fans are they they're like the- are they like crazy about yeah. you or they come up to you like <laughs> oh that's um uh, uh, well you know
1: look I, I'm still I, I mean I but we need people that have major fans. I, I wouldn't say they're, they're... They're diverse, you know. They're on Twitter, they're on Facebook. Um, every now and then, there are ones that I meet in person that are like, oh, I'm following you on Facebook. And, yeah. you know, that's always awkward because you're like, <laughs> I, You hope you know them just as well as they know you, you know, but Facebook's algorithms don't allow you to see everybody's timelines just so people know that. Um, but I, I, I'll say... Uh, you know, it's never been a bad experience. I've never had, like, uh, a crazy experience. And I've heard some of these actors, you know, that get obsessed fans. I don't have any obsessed fans, if that's what you're asking. At least I hope I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as far as as far as far you know. Right? right, you don't have anybody. Well, they're going to they have one Instagram. It was kind of weird. I have just throwing this out there. There was one Instagram following me, and they're not following anybody else. That kind of freaked me out a little. Wow. But, you know...
1: I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: hoping it's, 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 No, <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That was, that's so weird. <laughs> oh man. Um, I was going to actually also, um, my final question to you is what would the Aaron Sanchez of today tell the Aaron Sanchez of yesterday? Oh God. I love
1: asking that question of others, but I've never been asked that of myself. Um, I would tell the younger self, just because you don't know anybody personally that's doing it, it doesn't mean you can't do it yourself. Um, believe in your love of, like, you know, what I tell people is, whatever they love, they should try to do because it comes natural to them.
0: They're born to do that mm-hmm. I would have told my younger self don't worry about what other people say what limits
1: they put on you or what limits that you think you have on yourself just do it and see where that path takes you mm-hmm. see where the journey takes you be open to the journey rather than um, the whole what if they don't like me what if they don't accept me what if the what if don't don't believe in the what ifs. Just
0: believe in the what you know you can do. I would say. Yeah, I like that. Don't believe in the what ifs. Yeah. Don't believe in that. Believe in what you can do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's amazing, Aaron. Aaron, um, unplug. Um, the the um the show. Plug anything you have coming up. Um, where can people see you? If you have anything approaching soon. Well, uh, you know, something we're working
1: on, me and my business partners, along with uh, Crystal Sons Jesse Torres, Jonathan Glenn. we're launching uh, two television networks, one is the Energy Flow Network, and the other is my Viva television, that's uh, right now close to what we're launching in July, I think that's the biggest and most exciting thing that I can plug right now, wow. other than, you know... Obviously, the morning show and, and uh, you know, it's, it's about creating opportunity for others, you know, that, again, like you said earlier, you know, sometimes people say, well, it's the limits. Well, create, create an opportunity. If you have the ability to do so, go and do it. You know, so I, I think right now that's the major thing I'd play. But also listen to Hollywood Social on Saturdays at 10 a.m. on uh, ABC News Radio, KMT, 1490, and every day on uh, the morning show,
0: or daily. Um what, 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 um. what is it exactly you saying? You're doing the, the a television network, or like, what what is the Viva? Yeah, my, my Viva TV television is, uh, you know, for the
1: modern day Latino, which is, uh, you know, uh, just Latinos, in, in, uh, all, you know, all of us. But what we don't want is, you know, just, um, you know, a channel that doesn't uh, include all ethnicity, right? You know, yeah. African American, Caucasian, Native, uh, Native American, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Asian American, and all the the beautiful ones that we surround ourselves with here in the United States and, and across the world. Uh, we want, you know, content... Uh, you know that will speak to Latinos for sure, but also speak to everybody. So we're launching that in July, and that's called MyViva TV. You can check out our Facebook and our Twitter. Uh, we're working very heavily to bring that uh, to the forefront. We're already uh, making deals for content, which is uh, um, that we'll be releasing on that network. And then the other network is Energy Flow Network, which is going to cover everything energy, including oil, uh, you know, renewable energy, and uh, the amazing, there's a lot of science behind uh, the energy, which is kind of interesting, you know, when it comes to, even things I had no idea about, but I, I think people will find it very interesting, very entertaining, and, you know, engineers will understand it, as well as, you know, people just that never even were exposed to it, will find it interesting, very, very exciting stuff.
0: Wow, Aaron, July. Oh, that's amazing, uh-huh. man. Um, wow, that's, a, I, can't, I can't wait to keep me updated on that, and um, it was a, it was definitely a pleasure yeah. to talk to you, and um, your family, you know, everybody, everybody is just about in, in, in the entertainment field in your family, and um, you're definitely an inspiration, and um, thank you very much, man. I appreciate the conversation. Hey, I appreciate it, too.
1: Thank you for reaching out, and, you know, much success to you, and and I like I said you know off there you're if this is what you love you're doing it well and uh, did some great other podcasts so keep it up.